No longer can we rely on those same people in the media and politics who will say anything to keep our rigged system in place. Instead, we must choose to believe in America. History is watching us now. We don't have much time, but history is watching. It's waiting to see if we will rise to the occasion and if we will show the whole world that America is still free and independent and strong. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you are tuned into His Hardline. Welcome. Glad to have you all here. Don't forget to check out the website, www.hishardline.com. This is the only place where you're going to get God and Jesus Christ mixed in with a little true history of America, mixed in with instructions on how to assemble your nation. We're here to implement solutions that will help restore this republic. But most importantly, we're also here to help America and the rest of the world to invite Jesus Christ into their heart. It's time to take back our nation. It's time to take back our world, ladies and gentlemen. And you can find us here six out of the seven days a week. So be sure to share this with your friends and family. Don't forget, don't forget. Sovereignty itself is, of course, not subject to law, for it is the author and source of law. But in our system, while sovereign powers are delegated to the agencies of government, sovereignty itself remains with the people whom and for whom all government exists and acts. Welcome to His Heart Line, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get started. <laughs> yeah. Let's get rocking. All right. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening, good afternoon, and good morning, wherever you're at in the world. I am Jason, your co-host with God and Jesus Christ at my side, because they are the host. They are the ones in the captain's chair. They're at the wheel. Therefore, they're steering this ship through these crazy waters that we call life. So welcome. Glad to have you all here. Thank you for joining us here at His Hard Line for episode 408 with a reading out of the book of Isaiah, chapter 42. It is Wednesday, January 4th, 2023. So glad to have you all here. Welcome. Glad to have you all here. So we are going to be reading out of the book of Isaiah, again, chapter 42. And before we get into that, I kind of want to talk about a little something here that we really need to focus on going forward with this year. The first primary focus is on God. We need to put all eyes on God. We need to invite Jesus Christ into our hearts so that we could try to live as best as we can to live to be the best version of ourselves. The second thing that we need to have as the main focal point below God is how to return back to self-government. What really is the meaning of self-government? See, this is something that hasn't really been taught in schools. And it's still not being taught in schools. They don't want you 
to know what that is, what that means, and what that means for us as a whole, as a collective body politic of we the people. They don't want you to understand what the meaning of self-government is. They don't want you to know how to self-govern. Why? Well, it's simple. Crumbles their power structure. It crumbles their money-making, you know, their money-making mechanisms. It it crumbles all of that. It crumbles all of that. The word self-government is of American origin. Its meaning is rational, it's candid, and of manly conduct, and independence in our concerns, which does not admit the interference of others, and it is fruit of liberty in America, and is but very little known in Europe and Asia. Now, I've talked about this, and I'm going to keep talking about it. It's very important that people understand the power and the relevance of being self-governed. You know, for too long, we've allowed a power structure known as the corporate United States to run our lives. We thought that we were participating in what we thought were elections, which in all honesty, let's be, you know, clear about it. They're selections. We never elected anybody. They already had their pre-approved, pre-planned by the elite puppets. Yet we thought we were making a choice of our elected representatives. Little did realize these representatives did not have the American people's best interest at heart. So what happened to self-government in the USA? What happened to it? Excuse me. Well, in America, our founders revolted against the tyranny of British rule, and they created a uh, what we call a Republican form of government, whereby the power and authority is at all times and in all ways in the hands of, you guessed it, we the people. And so in the design that the founders created, there are three critical elements of self-government that we the people must execute or else the founders' creation stands to lose its self-governing characteristics. Well, what are those three character? Those three elements of self-government, what are they? Number one, they're assemblies. Number two, common law grand juries. And number three, militias. Those, my friends, are the three elements of self-government. Unfortunately, we, the people, simply stopped doing the work of self-government, and we allowed professional politicians and bureaucrats and special interest groups to take charge, and now it is our duty to reestablish our Republican form of government gifted to us by our founders. Well, Jason, how do we do that? Well, you could start off by going to my website, www.hishardline.com. There is a link. If you go to the top of the page, if you're on the computer, there is a link 
It starts from left going to right. It goes home, HHL podcast, National Assembly. You hover your cursor over National Assembly. In fact, you can click on National Assembly and it'll take you to a separate page with a bunch of podcasts that are specific to and about the National Assembly. And if you hover over that link, then it's like a little drop down menu that has three other subsections that says avoid AVR. That's Anna Von Wrights. Check that out. There's two shows there. Then there's the uh, field training manual 2000-25, which was released by the War Department in 1928. Highly recommend that. That's about a 17 part series. And then there's the fundamental orders of 1638. So that's one area on how you can learn more about your National Assembly. If you want to learn more, you can go to national-assembly.net and click on the forums and start learning there. There is more reading material there than you'll be able to read in a lifetime. Now, fortunately for you, that's one of the biggest reasons, not the primary reason, but that is the second biggest reasons why I started this podcast to do the research, to do the digging, to do the reading and to put it in audio format so you don't have to go and take time to read and strain your eyes on a computer screen or on a smartphone device. This way you can listen to the podcast and listen to what is on that website in audio format, at least some of the very key Subjects like the contempt of the Constitution or what Antonin, the late Justice Antonin Scalia said regarding the common law grand juries. So in conclusion, it is for our own benefit and that of our posterity that if we want a chance to return to a government of, by, and for the people, it is our duty that we must come together now and to do the work that's necessary to stand up our county and state assemblies. Our county and our state common law grand juries, as well as our militia groups. It is our duty, ladies and gentlemen. We must do this. And it is actively taking place. And if you want to know more, about your particular state to see if your state has assembled or has at least people in the process of trying to get their 30 plus one to formulate an assembly. It's all you need is 30 to 40 people. We, we try to get 40 people in a room just because we have to account for at least a few people not showing up, <clears throat> but it's very, very important to assemble your state because here's what happens. You assemble your state. We get 38 states. Just read your Article 5 in the Constitution, and you'll understand where 38 states come from. comes from. It's three-quarters of the 50 states. Back in the colonial days, it was nine states out of 13. Now it's 38 out of 50. But we have to assemble our states, and once we get 38 states, I mean, we the people, we already have the power. But once we get 38 states in lawful assembly, then that is when the military will actually submit their authority to the civilian population, the civilian authority that's in assembly. But right now, they're the ones running the show. Not the elite, not the cabal. Right now, the military is. A lot of people don't realize that. 
And yes, I know there are going to be some voices out there that say, oh, the military is not in control and the military is not going to come in like a white and shining armor. They weren't supposed to be. They're not meant to come in like a white and shining armor. The JAG does not want to do that. They are backing the people in assembly, but that is not their goal. They are, they are not there to be the knight in shining armor that rolls in in a white steed to save the day. That is up to you and I, ladies and gentlemen. We, the people, not the military, not President Trump or Commander-in-Chief Trump. It's not up to any one man or woman. It's not up to Donna Brandenburg. It's not up to Carrie Lake. It's up to you and I, ladies and gentlemen. We are the white and shining armor knights on that white steed rolling in in the night to save the day. That is you and me. That is not the military. That is not Trump. That is not Flynn. That is not Brandenburg. That is not Kerry Lake. That is not Ron DeSantis. That is up to you and I. I hope I made myself clear again. You can email me at jmjdirect at gmail.com or jmjdirect at protonmail.com. Put your state in the subject line. Put your basic information in the body of the email, your first, last name, and a phone number. And we will get you in contact with someone from your state. The process goes like this. You send me an email. I say hello. Thank you for joining. I forward you to a man by the name of Destry Payne at which, because he has all the contact information at which he would be able to forward you to, if you're from Iowa or if you're from Georgia or Texas, he would forward your information to the delegate in that state or whoever is in charge, the, you know, the communication secretary in that state. And then they would reach out to you, introduce themselves to you, ask you some basic questions, because of course there has to be a basic level of vetting because we do have infiltrators that try to come in to kill this process. Why do you think COVID-19 came about? Why do you think 9-11 took place? Again, why do you think JFK was assassinated and why there was an attempt on Ronald Reagan? See, none of this happened by the reasons and ways that they tried peddling in the media. There's reasons behind all of it, and it all has to do with returning the power back to the people. See, the cabal will not release that power so easily. Hence false flags. Never let a good crisis go to waste, as they say, even if they have to formulate the crisis. See, this is the type of tyranny and the terrorism that we have been dealing with. And this is why it's so important that we return back to self-governing. So again, jmjdirect at gmail.com, jmjdirect at gmail.com or protonmail.com. And go check out the website, national-assembly.net. All right, let's get into the reading. We are reading out of the New American Standard Bible, chapter 40, 42 in the book of Isaiah, and it reads, <clears throat> excuse me. 
Behold my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. He will not cry out, nor his voice, nor make his voice heard in the streets. A bent reed he will not break off, and a dimly burning wick he will not extinguish. He will faithfully bring forth justice. He will not be disheartened or crushed until he has established justice on the earth. And the coastlands will wait expectantly for his law. This is what the God, the Lord, says, who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread out the earth and its offspring, who gives breath to the people on it and spirit to those who walk in it. I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I will also hold you by the hand and watch over you, and I will appoint you as a covenant to the people, as a light to the nations, to open eyes to bring out prisoners from the dungeon and those who dwell in darkness from the prison. I am the Lord. This is my name. Excuse me. That is my name. I will not give my glory to another, nor my praise to idols. Behold, the former things have come to pass. Now I declare new things. Before they sprout, I proclaim them to you. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing his praise from the end of the earth. You who go down to the sea and all that is in it, your islands and those who live on them, let the wilderness and its cities raise their voices. The settlements with which Kedar inhabits, let the inhabitants of Salah sing aloud. Let them shout for joy from the tops of the mountains. Let them give glory to the Lord and declare his praise to the coastlands. The Lord will go out like a warrior. He will stir his zeal like a man of war. He will shout. Indeed, he will raise a war cry. He will prevail against his enemies. I have kept silent for a long time. I have kept still and restrained myself. Now, like a woman in labor, I will groan. I will both gasp and pant. I will lay waste to the mountains and hills and wither all their vegetation. I will turn the rivers into coastlands and dry up the ponds. I will lead those who are blind by a way they have not known. In my paths they have not known, I will guide them. I will turn darkness into light before them and uneven land into plains. There are things I will do, and I will not leave them undone. They will be turned back and be utterly put to shame. Who trusts in idols? Who says to cast metal images? You are our gods. Hear, you who are deaf, and look, you who are blind, so that you may see. Who is blind but my servant, or so deaf as my messenger whom I send? Who is so blind as one who is at peace with me, or so blind as the servant of the Lord? You have seen many things, but you do not retain them. Your ears are open, but no one hears. The Lord was pleased for his righteousness sake to make the law great and glorious. But this is a people plundered and pillaged. All of them are trapped in caves or are hidden away in prisons. They have become plunder with no one to save them and spoils with no one to say, give them back. Who among you will listen to this? Who will pay attention and listen in the time to come? Who gave Jacob up for spoils and Israel to plunders? Was it not the Lord against whom we have sinned, and in whose ways they were not willing to walk, and whose law they did not obey? So he poured out on him the heat of his anger and the fierceness of battle, and it set him aflame all around. You, excuse me, yet he did not recognize it, and it burned him, but he paid no attention. And that is a reading of Isaiah 
chapter 42, verses 1 through 25. So this chapter brings out the core purpose of Christ. To open the eyes of the blind and lead them down a new path of righteousness. And those who are in sin are stuck in a prison house and do not even know it. Christ came to teach the Jews and then all the world that they needed him. And even though they had the law, they were still blind to the truth of God's character and salvation. So the written word teaches us many things. But we need the living God to understand God. No one can know the depth of God other than God himself. And for he is too vast to be comprehended by mankind. But instead, we need to discern him spiritually. We cannot do this on our own, for we only know things of this world. And so God, after all, is invisible to the natural eye. But the spiritual eye, however, it can perceive him. And so through the Holy Spirit who dwells in believers, our spirit can commune with his spirit and can thus learn the things of God. And so the Jews before Jesus came where in the same need, Though they had the law, they needed God himself to speak to them, to teach them the truth. And though Jesus, the scriptures, were taught literally from the mouth of God. And he gave us the ability to understand the scriptures. And he opened our blinded eyes to see God for who he really is. We'll be right back after the short break. You are tuned in to the His Hardline Podcast. We will be right back after this short break. We will be right back after this short break. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. So let's break this down. Isaiah chapter 42. Let's break this down verse by verse, shall we? So in verse 1, the servant is a particular man, and since he will bring forth judgment to the Gentiles, this is a reference to Christ. Now, the Messiah in Hebrew and Christ in Greek both mean the anointed one. And to be anointed is to be submerged in something, in this case, It's to be submerged in the Spirit of God. Now, as we look at verses 2 through 4, Christ did not come to create a big scene. He did not run up and down the street seeing how many people he could get to listen to him. Instead, he simply went to those who were in need, and if there was a crowd, so be it. But the point is that he came in meekness and taught with gentleness. If one is about broken from the care, so this life, he will not break one. And the smoking flax refers to a light that is about to go out. Now, God is interested in truth that heals, and Jesus' message brings salvation to the broken soul. And Christ is determined to see his truth spread throughout all the world. Now, while the gospel is being preached everywhere, the mission of Jesus Christ will not be finished until all the earth is obedient to his righteous judgment. 
And this will be fulfilled when he comes back to rule. And ladies and gentlemen, I really do believe we are headed towards one of the largest revivals that this world has ever seen. We are seeing more and more people turn to Christ. Myself, my wife. I mean, there's so many people that are turning their ways to Christ. And even those believers who claim to be believers are even leaning harder into Jesus. I think we are going to see the largest revival this world has ever seen. My opinion. And I think it's going to come very fast. Now, as we look at verses 5 through 8, God the Almighty Creator has ordained Christ to perform His righteousness. Now, Christ um, Christ is a covenant to the people. And by his death, burial, and resurrection, he gave us a new promise and a new way to access God the Father. Now, it's important to note that all the miracles that were listed and performed by Jesus were meant to bring glory to God. It wasn't meant for him to show off and be like, hey, guys, look what I can do with water. Ha ha. In the wine. When Christ is glorified, God the Father was also glorified because they are one. God did not send a human being or a man, I should say, to fulfill his mission. God came himself. And God wanted the people to know that a new covenant was coming. He wants his people to be ready to meet the future. Folks, that's where we're at right now. He wants his people to be ready to meet the future. This is why, like I was saying a couple days ago, or a day ago, I can't remember now, I know we're tired, but we must endure and we must press forward because God has got this. He's getting us ready for this new future of ours. Not the future that the cabal elitist saintness want for us. No, the future God has in store for us. And so as we look at verses 10 through 12, in response to this new thing that the Lord will do, all the world is to give him praise. And so from those who live on the land to those on the seas, in the desert and in the cities, all are to give glory to God and declare what he has done to the whole world and for the whole world. We are not to be ashamed of the gospel. When we are saved, the Holy Spirit fills us with the desire to praise the Lord for what he has done and can do. The Lord has kept silent over the sins of the world, but one day, one day he will rise up and destroy his enemy. That too, I believe, is fast approaching. And these verses have a double meaning. Now, when Christ came, he defeated the spiritual power of death, hell, and the grave. And he liberated sinners from the darkness of their ways, from their unrighteous path, to a new path of righteousness through the faith in Jesus Christ. Additionally, this also refers to a future event that when God will cast Satan into the lake of fire. Now, Jesus came in the spiritual might. Excuse me, Jesus came in spiritual, in the spiritual might, in the spiritual might that the first time humbling himself as a servant. 
and learning obedience to God, but in the future will come as a conquered warrior. And believers now have that constant companionship of the Holy Spirit, but in the future will have that physical companionship, if you will, of Jesus in New Jerusalem. <clears throat> and so as we look at verses 17 through 20, when God manifests himself, sinners are ashamed of their ways. In every soul is the knowledge of the living God, for each has a conscience. Each has that innate conscience which informs us of our own errors when we make them. And even if we try to ignore it, or if we try to serve other gods or idols in this uh, world of ours, we need to remember that in the end, we have to acknowledge that God is the only one and only righteous one. And whether through conviction in this life or judgment after death, all sinners will be ashamed of their choices. And so immediately after pronouncing that he will come like a mighty man, God extends grace to the sinner by entering into judgment with them. And he pleads for one to recognize one's error before it's too late to repent. Now it's also important to note that those who claim to be God's servants are not always serving God. We need to remember that. Having them in the scriptures... And the Pharisees and the teachers of the law of Jesus' day could not recognize that he was even the Messiah. So if one has not accepted God into one's life, then one might see and read many things about God, but yet still remain blind to the actual truth. And even if no one could teach God's law, he will make sure that it is magnified because it is righteous and God's law gains honor among all the nations. Now, while Jesus fulfilled the law of Moses, he gave us two commandments to follow that are now the law of the believer. And I have this on my website, as a matter of fact. Love the God with all your heart, soul, mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. That's Matthew 22, verse 37 through 39. You can also find that in John 13, 34. Now, when the believer performs this perfect law, then it is acknowledged as an honorable way of life. And in contrast to bringing honor to God's law, the Jews of Isaiah's day were trapped and consumed by their sins. Now, as we look at the last three verses, 23 through 25, God, we see God continually trying to make the sinner aware of his destructive state. One in sin is trapped in a prison house. God's just trying to teach his people to listen for his calling so that they can be freed from their prison. See, Satan's ways tries to convince you that you free through his ways. Live as you want. Do as you please. Why do you want to listen to a God who tells you what you can and can't do? That doesn't sound like fun. Seems pretty tempting when you can just do whatever you want and seemingly be free, right? Not realizing that you're just pretty much damning your soul to hell. Because really what Satan is doing is he's keeping you a slave to your own vices. 
He's keeping you a slave to the flesh. He's keeping your soul from being able to enter in the kingdom of heaven. And so after giving one space to repent, God and God can, excuse me, God can and will deliver one over to the consequences of one's sins. And so if you choose again and again to be without God, and it's very possible that one day God will let you spend eternity without him, separated forever from his presence in hell. Now, is that what he wants for you? No. But if you choose, again, you're choosing, not God's choosing. If you choose to live in the flesh of sin, or the sins of the flesh, I should, I should say, well, then sadly, God is going to let you have what you desired by your own choice, and he's going to let you spend eternity without him, separated, in hell. That sounds like it sucks. And so it's in this chapter, it's in these verses that God seems to reveal a very important reason for judgment in this life. He's trying to get his people to acknowledge him. And even after death, it is too late to repent at that point. Therefore, God will allow troubles and wars in this life to try to make one consider one state while one can repent and it's not God's will that any should perish, but really that all should actually come to repentance. You can find that in 2 Peter 3.9. And so as his suffering of the cross demonstrates, he is willing to go to whatever end it takes to give us every opportunity to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. You just have to choose, ladies and gentlemen. Now, just to give credit where credit's due, because I always make sure I put it in the show notes, but I, I seem I feel like I don't say it enough um, audibly on the air. So a lot of times I reference uh, BibleRef.com, sometimes BibleGateway.com, depending on the version of the Bible that I read. That's number one. So BibleRef.com or BibleGateway.com. And BibleRef happens to be a very good ministry. Sometimes they have a lot of good commentary on there and summaries that I usually will read from. The other one that I read from a lot, which is a second favorite, is MelissaBeatty.com, another good mission. Um, um, uh, oh, what am I trying to say? Another good place as well. I'm trying to think of the word. Boy, I tell you, it's like it's escaping my mind. Ministry. That's the word I'm looking for. My goodness. That's another good ministry that is available online. That's melissabeatty.com. M-E-L-I-S-S-A-B-E-A-T-Y.com. A lot of good information there. There's devotionals, there's Sunday school and Bible studies, youth curriculum, youth activities, adult curriculum. There's additional resources on there, some products, talks about the ministry and the author. So I want to make sure that you all know this because I never want to give any false pretenses. What I am talking about here is 100% my words. Now, some of the stuff is some of my words. I add in as my heart feels compelled and as my mind tells me to, but a lot of the summaries and the, um, 
excuse me, in the devotionals do come from one of these two, melissabeattie.com or, like I said, bibleref.com. Very great ministries, and they do an exceptional job with their writings. I, I think they do a great, great job. So check them out, melissabeattie.com, bibleref.com. And also, please don't forget my website, hisheartline.com. And if you want to learn more about the National Assembly, national-assembly.net. My focus in trying to understand different things is also obviously the Bible, but in different things within the assembly and historical documents, things like that. There's so much to read. And sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, I'll be quite honest with you, as my comprehension of certain texts sometimes uh, is is very actually um, is proficient, but to to reverberate it in a different way in my own commentary. Sometimes I can't be as, uh, I don't want to say eloquent. What do I want to say? I can't really articulate myself in a way that I need to, or that I feel like I I could, you know, I could, you know, do when it comes to breaking down the text. Because remember, I'm just a truck driver. I am not a biblical scholar. I'm not a priest. I'm not a minister. I'm none of those. I'm just a guy who reads his Bible daily. That I do do. And um, sometimes I understand it. And then there's sometimes it just goes right over my head. Which is why I like these resources like melissabeattie.com and bibleref.com and biblegateway.com. These are great references, great resources. See, I don't have this figured out. I'm learning right there with you. That's why I love doing these readings with you, because like you, I am also taking a lot in myself. I'm learning just as you are learning. I don't know this stuff inside and out. And if somebody thinks I do, well, thanks. I appreciate it. I guess that just means I do a really good job at reading and presenting. But remember, as I am reading this, I am learning just like you. I'm not an expert on any of this, which is why I put where I, you know, I put in the show notes, the references of where I get some of this. So I just like to make sure I keep that 100 with you all. So anyway, let's, let's close this out with a prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for another day of life and good health. Appreciate all that you do for us. Thank you for wonderful resources online, like the, the two, three that I mentioned. They do excellent work, and may you bless each of those ministries. We thank you for our assemblies, our states, and our counties. We thank you for the people who are trying to do the legwork. Try to return back to sovereignty, to gain our liberty and freedom back. We need this nation back, Lord. We need it back. And we'll do whatever we have to, as long as it is lawful and righteous. And we are returning back to you. Thank you for this platform. Thank you for this community. I really do appreciate it. Thank you for another day of life and good health. Thank you for my family. Thank you for another day of life and good health for my wife and my daughter. Those are outstanding gifts that I could not be happier with. Thank you. And I pray for 
continued good health, not just for me and my family, but I also pray for good health and healing for anybody out there that may be listening, that might be dealing with something that's debilitating them. And if people out there that are listening, if they are in good health, I pray that they remain in good health because your health is your first wealth. And we always remember to gratify and glorify you, God, for that good health. And so we pray all of this in your Holy Son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. And so that is all we have for you today, ladies and gentlemen. I do appreciate you joining us here at His Hard Line on this episode 408. And I hope you all have an outstanding day or night wherever you're at in the world. May God bless you. And we will be back here again tomorrow. Till then or the next time. We'll see you later. God bless. Bye-bye. No longer can we rely on those same people in the media and politics who will say anything to keep our rigged system in place. Instead, we must choose to believe in America. History is watching us now. We don't have much time. But history is watching. It's waiting to see if we will rise to the occasion and if we will show the whole world that America is still free and independent and strong. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I want to say thank you so much for tuning in here at His Heart Line. Really appreciate you. And don't forget to share this podcast with friends and family. Just copy the link. Shoot it via text. You could share it on social media. I don't care if you got to put it up in smoke signals. Just get it out there. And don't forget to check out the website, www.hishardline.com. And join us here every single day. We operate six out of the seven days a week. And remember, as it states in Joshua 1.9, I command you, be strong and steadfast. Do not fear nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Don't forget, don't forget, sovereignty itself is of course not subject to law, for it is the author and source of law. But in our system, while sovereign powers are delegated to the agencies of government, sovereignty itself remains with the people by whom and for whom all government exists and acts. We'll see you back here next time.